So that means I can relate you to a duck on a pond because you know a duck that's be there so and it, it moving ever so or swan on a pond it moving ever so graceful yeah. but those legs underneath they're kicking. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Balancing the Hats. I'm Karina Darnell, and you know, here is the place where we come to discuss with men and women from all across the globe. We'll be talking about successes, failures, things that they wish they knew. Moms, dad, employees, entrepreneurs, and persons that share my creative interests in music, photography, and writing. Joining me today, we have Kioma Mallet, also known as Rye Minister. So you know already, when you hear this name, Right Minister. This is somebody that is a lyricist and we brought him on today to discuss wordplay as well as mind play. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. It's my pleasure actually. Cool. All right. So he is a rapper and an MC from Barbados who is known for his freestyling. I mean, I've been on some of his Instagram lives. I, I haven't been able to be on as many as I would have like to be, but I used to pop in every once in a while on a Thursday just to be able to drop in a word here or there and to hear this man string these words together. It is absolutely phenomenal. And y'all know I like to use that word, but I don't use it out of context. I use it where it is due. He is a phenomenal person. But Kiyoma, as we begin this this discussion, and I'm gonna keep call, I'm gonna call you Rhyme Minister from now on. Um, as we start off this discussion, can you tell us how you came up with this name, Right Minister? To, that, that's a question that comes up a lot, uh, or I bring it up a lot. I used to call, initially when I started performing, I won the stage name. I um, thought of the concept of Cloud Nine, you know, mm -hmm. the loftiness of it. And then I said, you know what, I like, I like Cloud Straight from Final Fantasy Seven, so Cloud Nine would be really perfect. You know, I feel on two different things that, that I like. And then I realized that another rapper from Barbados, he had that name even though he wasn't out doing stuff at the time i decided you know i think actually he saw what he looked like his name written down over like that's at Mahalia's corner the original one uh he said he, he asked Mahalia to meet the person who had that name and she introduced us we spoke and it was like well since you had your name first monica first i will change it so i was okay. i was i was not sure what to do i was thinking about going back to my my name my actual name which is what he told me here the next week. Um, actually, you get that part soon. I, <laughs> I was listening to rap, just trying to think of brains, you know, brainstorm what I would use. And then I heard a man say, rap prime minister, no one's more sinister. And, and that's what inspired the name. So I, I heard him say, rap prime minister, no one's more sinister. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll use prime minister. Right? Okay. So cool. that's, that's where he got it from. Um, so I used that like a few times and then I decided that I would go back to my actual name, but it's Mahalia who, who really made it stick. She would always introduce me as Kiyoma Malik, the right minister. So then people kept calling me right minister. But I think it's a so suiting name she, though. <laughs> yeah, she didn't let me let go of it at all. So because of her, I, I chose it, but she made it stick. I think I used it like twice and then I was like, you know what, Mahalia just called me Kiyoma Malik when introduced me. And she just decided, look, this is stick. Well, Mahalia, I want to thank you if you are listening for, for being a little bit stubborn and getting him to use this name because I think it is absolutely fitting. And I mean, when you hear this guy's lyrics, and, and I hope that you'll be able to do a piece today um, and, and just let the people hear 
why I am raving about you and what it is that you do, because not many people at the drop of the hat can just string those words together and not just string random words, just string them together and they still be beautiful. They still be artistic, you know, but can you tell us? Well, I could share, I could share, I could probably share something that I wrote a lot when it comes out of free writing. Okay. I think that this particular one will kind of encompass what I do, you know. You were asking a sure, question. but you can you can share it now. I mean, other people know why <laughs> why I'm raving oh, about okay, you. Okay, okay, fair enough. This this is actually a verse I wrote. Um, it's called unravel. Uh, it's part of a verse called unraveling script. So it goes like this: My words in a unraveling script, forming a javelin. We're through your rambling, Whitney. You scrambling quick, shoot the cannon. Is lit poop and rapping will shift the earth's surface because it's we sole purpose to spit the spitting image of slick. The beat starting to skip my tongue, starting to scream my tongue, slithering shadows can any cleverness win. When the spirit in battles dose as is the soul raises it from reverse starts from reverb. Nation shake out the word down beneath the surface. The music has sniff levels because the discord is fresh and deep. See the persons erupt and say the elder of their seats. Nice. I mean, y'all y'all understand why now, right? <laughs> so so like that that every single lane of that I can break it. And when they write a trade, they always put meaning in it. So my words in a ravening script for a job, every tree rambling bit means whatever I say, you know, is 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 an expression of talent that is worthy of praise and it could stand it could hold its own against anybody else's uh, talent. Okay. Uh, essentially. Well, I absolutely like how you were able to do that and do meaning, but how how exactly did you get started in freestyling? Well, I would have to put that guy call another name though, John Ames, uh, wherever he is right now, I believe it is in Canada. He actually started me playing basketball at Hudson College and that was I think in first or second form. He introduced me to that um we went primary school together at Charles Room, so we would have been in row each other. He was like, let me play some basketball. Like, he loved basketball. Mm-hmm. So he got me into that. And then it was say, maybe four years later, we were at the YMCA, I believe it was. It could have been a bit before that, but I remember this particular time, he and another guy, Jeremy Stevens, actually, was actually freestyling. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Stevens, who, you know, the economist, uh, they were freestyling. And everybody was like, telling me, try it. And I would be like, I can't get out of that. And I would never forget that because they said they could not get it done and they won the best freestyle rappers in the world. But it's not. They've had me ups and downs, but definitely people would say when it comes to freestyling, my name would definitely be up there. Right. So John John really got me into that. Every time he would see me, he would want freestyle. I, I thought that he, he was actually far better than me then. If he stuck to that, he would definitely be getting longer. His terms of talent. But I would definitely have to credit John Names for that because he's the one that really pushed me so after you did it that first time then you would say that you were hooked and then you realized that this was actually part of who who made you who you are i i was i was my interest was peaked but i was still afraid you know i was i was um my life and all would have been a journey in confidence and self-esteem to work so that got me a little intrigued and then john kept pushing and pushing he actually entered he actually Entered into a freestyle battle at Sheraton years ago. That was like early, that was maybe 2002. And then I think he couldn't get into it, and he was telling me to to join, but he didn't know what name his. I think his dad or a friend put in no under, so I didn't get through at that point. I was kind of happy because I was super nervous, <laughs> but I would say that in terms of continuing, certain people play a great role in that. Uh, Ruby Tech, seeing him do a freestyle battle at Shipping versus. Uh, rapper Ben Skiller. I think that would be the second time they went all they went against each mm-hmm. other. I think it was in closer session, maybe one week than the next. Uh seeing Ruby Tech freestyle made me want to to do it. I remember I remember clearly I, I was like shipping and Ruby Tech was, was rapping it was a Nova. 
I have to do this. I, I know I know I won't be getting it, even though I was real shy. I was saying I have to do this. So um, Damian Marvier and DJ Simmons also played a very big role in me going. Because I remember Marvier, every time he spoke to me, because we would talk over the phone a lot, he would tell me, you got to do it. You got to do it. You're talented. He would challenge me to free celebrities on the phone and everything. Okay. And uh, yeah, DJ Simmons was, yeah, he, he was behind me to get out, like, to do open mics and all that stuff, and then he gave me his pointers and all that, and then I eventually met. But I would have met Sun Rock before that. From talking to him and knowing him as a person, he he has a very competitive spirit. Right. So we would always challenge each other to be better at being ourselves. So all of that is kind of, even though it kind of long winded, that's kind of what made me stick to said. Okay, but you mentioned you mentioned being shy. I I I mean I've seen you more than a few times, and I can't think of the word shy being associated with you at all. Would you say you're still shy? Yeah, I got, I have some shyness in me, but I think that is a certain level of cleverness is coming. When you're smart, you observe it. It's helped you to, to, to manage work here. I spent a lot of time to myself. I was saying I'm a reclusive person and it right. takes you to, well, to adjust to people, but I also am a proponent of just being yourself. Like I remember when I was younger and I remember I went on some dates and I would, I would feel like real nervous and I had this one date that even though it was right excited to see the woman, I was not nervous at all. Okay. I wasn't nervous at all. I just was excited. And when it got there, it was just, I just did me and we really clicked as a result. Okay. Since then, I just decided to build on that. So what's happened is when I might be in a situation where I may feel shy, I just observe and try to be comfortable. And then from there, it's going to work. But I am, I am not that guy that will see a woman say that and try to just feel like you go on top of them and networking when I all mm-hmm. those like networking events like I can't have that I actually just struggle in my head to, to, to really connect with people but because really? people know me from performing um, maybe because what's happening is that like, if people are asked to give their opinions you know or we in on stuff I would speak and it sounds powerful and people buy into that so when I finish more often than not people would tend to come to me to ask you what Sandy said or whatever so that's kind of helped so observation and just knowing how to navigate through people that kind of make you shy. Okay. In addition to the fact that people always say, I don't really show a lot on my face, you know, so I look like a good all the time, <laughs> even if I'm... Oh, so that means I can relate you to a duck on a pond because you know a duck that's be there so and it, yeah. it moving ever so, or swan on a pond, it yeah. moving ever so graceful, but those legs underneath, they're kicking. yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> my brain always okay. my brain always clocking so I would be like okay well this person can't hear we want to start a conversation who should I talk to look that person I actually know them but we won't talk to that other person but let me see a conversation so let me talk to this original person that I know <laughs> and then it's really like I, I always think it I always think it okay so do your nerves still hit you when you go on stage or are you a bit more comfortable once you get behind that mic that's a complex question it's a simple question but a complex <laughs> answer really because it, it varies. Sometimes I'm like going really confident and that will carry through. Sometimes I might start feeling confident and get then start feeling nervous. I don't even know if he knows it, but sometimes you'll be rapping and Sun Rock might drop like a real hard bar or something like that. And my head is be like cheese on bread the way you do that. <laughs> and I, I, and they, I may get a little nervous. Okay. Um, it's happened at different times. I might start out feeling really nervous and every time I hear Wesley playing, creating the beat because he's actually great at doing that stuff he creates a wonderful thing uh, am I here and never lose that or sometimes it might be met it might be in a meditative state before I go to performance don't even matter what happens around me I just be good so it's very okay. but I, I've learned over time how to find a way to 
you know, regaining my thoughts and, and just be cool. Okay. So where do you draw your inspiration? Because you mentioned a lot of people that would have gotten you started, a lot of people that would have helped to to really get you focused and everything like that. But where where now, now that you're in it, where do you get your inspiration from to drop these lyrics? Or from from reading books, seeing like tweets, posts on Instagram, posts on Facebook, talking to people. I, I always I always watching and reading stuff. So my inspiration comes from there. And interesting that you mentioned that because I, I have points where I was struggling because I was I was depressed at a point to work from 2015 to 2017 was the hardest part of it. But at least I thought that until they started to recover and it felt very challenging to try to go back to what would have been normal before. But during that time, I think I would have lost a lot of vocab or like mental capacity because it wasn't, I can't say that it was in the best of health or whatever. So, okay. so it's interesting, you know, when you when you know that you have a, a certain vastness of vocabulary and then you're operating off a, a percentage of it, it's kind of yeah. challenging. It's, it's similar to me in terms of basketball where – I used to play at a certain level, and now because you know physical limitations, I can't jump as I used to jump. So sometimes I may do a move you now, and when I when I go to execute it, I may may have be lower than it would have been when I was younger. So I I thinking about what I could do, but I may not necessarily be able to do it straight off the bat. So sometimes that would be a, a bit frustrating. Okay, because I've heard you spoken about being in a dark place before, about about being depressed and everything like that. <sighs> But now being in, in a better place, what would have really helped you to, to come out from that dark place? And what advice would you be able to give to somebody that's, that's right now struggling in a dark place? Uh, I think conventional wisdom would say the person should go to a psychologist. I didn't, but I would say that any person walking the path that I walk will have to prepare for the fight of their lives. I, I had, I would say that I had people like, Constantly, Romy like checking in on me. Like, there was one person in particular, an ex-girlfriend of mine, who our relationship was forming and was depressed. And going out and seeing the island and having fun, having ice cream conversation, you know, that really helped. She reminded me a lot because of who she was and what how we share things. She reminded me a lot of who I was as a person. So that was one one thing that helped me. Okay. Other things that helped me was like everything. I used to go for walks. I used to go to the beach. I would skip. I would um. I would run on the spot. So as when I'd be, I'd be at my computer. When I felt down, I would just. I had a. I had my exercise mat ready. So when I started feeling down, I would get on run. I, I this is actually just certain parts of it because I had days where I was laying down. I didn't want to get. Right. I just. I didn't. I didn't care to get or do anything. Simple things like brushing your teeth, even going to bed on the morning. I just didn't really care. To do. So I would stay there for a while and then. It's come down to projecting beyond where you are and realizing that you will not be there forever. I had to have a lot of good self-talk amidst my negative self-talk. So it was kind of say, imagine a, a boxing match where somebody coming at you and at times you take in your legs and at times you fighting back, at times you may have the upper hand. It was kind of like that. It, was, it felt like an unrelenting struggle to be beautifully me. But this boxing match was a match that you were having constantly with yourself yeah because i, I don't know if you ever watched the magicians but in the magicians that had a, a part where this particular item that somebody would be holding would make the darkest the darkest parts of them constantly speak to them when i watched that episode it was like yeah that's kind of always feel is like the voice just doesn't 
ease up in some ways. But I, I would say because of how I was raised and how I trained myself over the years that I had a good foundation to deal with it. Okay. The more time I spend by myself, I find that I would analyze myself and do the things that are necessary for me to get better. And everybody different. I've always been that person that turns inward when it comes to dealing with stuff. And I would, I would do, I do a lot of different things, a lot of exercises mentally, meditation, or kind of like listing out all the different things I could see that are negative or that come up and then actually trying to reason them out. So if I say, for example, I should stop you saying they can't do it anymore, I'd be like, oh, that's not reasonable. Maybe it is that your the vastness of your vocabulary is not there, so that makes you feel constricted. So you need to read more and do this other thing, okay. more, practice more. So I, I reason a lot with myself to help me to stay. And to help quiet the negative voices that might be trying to come up every once in a while. Yeah. In terms of telling somebody what they could do, I would say, number one, have people around you who need a support system, see somebody professional about it. And some people might think that's hypocritical of me because I didn't do it, but I, I understand why people would have, would have suggested that to me. Like the same ex-girlfriend I mentioned, she did suggest that to me, and it was a it was a bone of contention. Okay, you you are making that recommendation, and you said you didn't do it for yourself. May you mind if I ask you why is it that you didn't go to somebody to seek help? Uh, that's interesting. Like maybe it got so many different ways I could look at it, but. Growing up, my parents would laugh at me a lot because I didn't, I didn't like going to doctors generally. When I was sick, I would. I didn't, I didn't like the fact that you would go to the doctor and just you like medicine. You used to feel kind of like medicine was like pumping um, stuff in your body that you didn't necessarily have to use. For example, you could go on coal and it would take longer if you use oranges, grapefruit, lime, coconut water, all sorts of different things. You could do so many different things to help you get better. Right. But tablets may help you get better quickly, much more quickly. So. I just feel that a lot of things, natural things, could cure natural things. So my general approach to most things is that I could heal um, by doing certain things that they already set in place. Okay. So when it was, there were times in the past where perhaps I'm going to be down, but I didn't feel the heaviness that I felt that time. And I took time to myself. I, I did things that kept, that made me happy. And I identified what I need to change. But I find like getting better often comes when I take time to myself away from other people because I, I, I take on a lot. I would say I'm empathetic and also I would say I'm also very responsible. So I tend to I tend to take on a lot of other stuff that people will be going through. So you feed off of other people's energy. Very, yeah. It's not easy for me to turn on other people. Either. Okay. So when I started to in this phase, when I started to like remove myself from situations where I've been putting on a lot of energy, I started to turn that same Loving kindness that I would get other people that would be going through difficult times to myself and try to, I can't say that I only focus on myself, but I focus mostly on myself. To not to this day, I try to focus more on myself and I realize that my healing process is coming along, coming along. So, why, why I would say to somebody to go to a psychologist is because it would definitely make the process easier. I understood the process would be hard. And um, there were times where I was like, you know what, maybe I should go to one and then there was times where in other moments I would be like okay I actually even on my wall right now there are things I have uh, I have I have stuff in terms of what I want to do in terms of performing and, and coding but there were times around my house I had questions that people would ask me they would be asked me maybe two and a half years ago what would I do if there was nothing holding me back so I had I had that in my house and I, I wrote a list and my same ex-girlfriend would, would encourage me to do work on certain things about 
different aspects of life. So I started writing down like eat, sleep, exercise, repeat. It would put the same mantras or messages to myself. Okay. That would be your daily reminders for when you're feeling at, yeah. at your lowest or what have you. Yeah. So as I said, some people might be able to do what I did some and, and come out of it or get to a point where you're at because they still will obviously be healing. I don't think it's just like say with like a knee injury. You may not ever be 100%, but you may be a good number. Right. Um, so it's a constant work in so progress for you. It's a constant work in progress. I think that it's important to understand yourself. Right. If you feel that you're struggling to the point where you can't function, maybe you don't even need to get that far. You should go to psychologist. Okay. But I would say that when it comes to critically, same thing as talking about being shyness or whatever or nerves, I find that I am generally how you functioning. Okay. So even with depression, like even when I spoke to spoke my younger brother, I told him about it. Um, he didn't have it. It was my younger brother, my sister, and, and the other working colleague. Um, I told him, and none of them could actually believe that I, of all people, the, the life in the office would have been the person that was the worst. You know? Right. But I find persons that sometimes are going through depression and are public face, you know, they're the hardest ones for other people to realize are in a dark place. Because they're, like you mentioned, being the life of the party, you know, always being the person that's spewing your lyrics and that kind of thing. It might not be easy. And you said that you don't show your emotion on your face. So it might not have been easy for those around you to really pick up. Wait, some, something's a little off. Yeah, even when you would tell them. I remember telling my family almost on a daily basis that they were asking what you're doing. And I would say, well, honestly, you can some stuff up. It won't be necessary every every time we saw them because it was working on the other point, but I would mention that I would be going through stuff. So I guess because of the ease I would speak of it, you know, I wish I would speak of it, they would, they would figure, well, he seems to be pretty on top of everything. So I would say saying, like, well, I'm going through, you know, having a very challenging time getting out of bed. It's been really difficult. I don't, I don't sound like I'm panicking. So they'd be like, oh, he seems to go on the phone. Oh, okay. But I, I, that would be me saying, hey, people, everything's not good. I would, I would say something like, Right now, things are really difficult. I'm trying my very best, and it's been a struggle sometimes. But that's not sound the same as, oh, my goodness, life is going horribly. You know, it's two different things. Fair enough. So we have to be mindful of, of what our friends or our family members are saying that might be a little off-centered off of the norm so that we can help them if they're starting to go down. Yeah, but I guess I guess 99% of you think it's in camp, so people always see me as being in the best place. But even... Even when I was in the, in my, I mean, lowest point, I always had some sort of centering cameras. Okay. But when, when it was, I, for different reasons, like, um, by choice and by situation, I started to be more isolated. I realized that the cameras started to spread because I, I was only really studying myself and the great uncle that works that lives with me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a lot of responsibility because if you put me in a situation where you need to be responsible, and this thing I'm working on, I tend to make a lot of decisions where I may not always put myself first. Okay. Which I definitely have to work on. Okay. Well, I want to ask you something because I know that there have been a lot of discussions in terms of with COVID-19 happening and a lot of people being yeah. on lockdown, you know, it like for some going to the beach or going out used to help them to be able to keep their sanity but then because of COVID and Barbados got the complete lockdown at one stage, you know, did that make it difficult for you? Did it affect you mentally to to not be able to be as free roaming as you're accustomed? 
Oh yeah, she would have the. It was a professional exhibition long before COVID. So, okay. Um, the the part here, the lame is always in my mind. Like from very young, once I can, once I could find peace in my mind, I was good. Because when I don't have peace in my mind, I struggle. So whether I at home or out, if I feel like I'm not at peace, that's a problem. But if I am at home or out and I have peace, it's great. Because I actually only went out since it has been lifted. I went. I actually went out um, to lame once. You know, it was it was recent, but I didn't have I haven't gone to the beach yet, and the beach is, is maybe like a seven minutes walk from where I live. Okay. I, I haven't felt the great need to necessarily be outside. It just maybe because of what whole things with me recently, my great need is just to be okay. So okay, I I've been able to do a lot of things at home that keep me in a good place. Um, the only thing that would have affected me is like I performed and they had a show before OMW that was at Nima's Bar, and when that shut down, we were trying to find a spot a space for it, and then. Around the same time that we initially went to um, restrictive, you know, when high restrictive groups, social yeah. groups, uh, that was like uh, mid to end of May, March, sorry. Uh, at that point, when the restrictions were made, I, I was I was in tears because it was like, I need this money, I need the show to start, and it, it really had me feeling down. But I, I think it was like three days where it was. Kind of feeling offset and trying to find balance, and then the next day was like, or the end of the third day was like, you see me, I gotta be able to do something. I don't like to feel stagnant, so if it is that, I could do anything to at least be productive. Okay. Be. So when I saw going on, put out there first uh, online open mic, I was like, shoot, I really dropped the ball with that. Mm. If I, I really should have done the, but I didn't, I didn't thinking of doing it online. Right. So from the moment they did that, I started doing. Stuff online like hosting, uh, open mics, and having my own online session. Okay, and that helped me a lot. Okay, it helped me a lot. That's cool. So, I don't know if everybody knows, but Right Minister, although he is a person with lyrics, he is also a person that does coding and programming. Can you can you tell me a bit about that? How did you get involved with it? I was involved uh, coding from. Um, like four former arts in college because it's interesting how people pro- programming and coding are very similar and they almost use interchangeably but i remember they explain like this you can have a remote and you as a user could could set it how you want it to work right, right? that's programming coding is what allows that remote to be programmed in that way okay so it's like we just do behind the scenes activity functionality that when you press a button saying it's happening better. so um, coding, I would have been doing that from four form. I think the first programming language I ever used was something called Pascal. People may explore at me sometimes because I, I, I don't like, I, I always say I don't like that language. I don't even want it. <laughs> but I just, I just have, I, maybe, maybe I would look at it again and feel differently about it. But I remember when I was at UV and they first went to use another language called C. Mm-hmm. I was really happy to not have to use Pascal. That's, that's, I just remember having that feeling. Okay. Um, but yeah, what started me would have been the, the idea of computer science because ha- I had a computer at home from 1993. So when I started doing, um, that's the year when I went to secondary school, so late in 97. Um, we would have been doing, well, I think in 96, we would have chose what we wanted to do. Or an A5, and I would have, I would have been like, you know what, you can do computer science because I love computers. So I decided to go down that avenue, and I, I don't regret it. I mean, I love, I love 
performing like maybe a thousand times better than programming, but I still coding like I still Okay, still part of it's still, still part of who you are as well. Yeah, it's still it's still part of way I might think that actually my ability to, to code plus my ability to shuffle letters around my head because my sister and I and I can't say this is a, is a correct classification, but she and I spoke about the fact that when we were younger in primary school, when we would be writing, say, you know how a dyslexic person would see a P and a Q and kind of get confused. Yeah. My sister and I would, would, would see them, understand the similarities between, but we wouldn't get confused. So we would look, we would look at it as a, a, a stable or a functioning form of, you can say, dyslexia. Oh. And that's a weird thing to say, but it's kind of explaining what happens in my mind because my mind is shuffle letters and words around and maybe programming or coding, coding plus that, plus my acumen, you know, and my love for words. They all help. All come together. Yeah. yeah. So so I remember when I was younger, I would always be, everything I read to P, my brain would be like, you know, that's so similar to a Q, and that's like a, that's a, um, upside, a flipped around or spun around D, or I would always see similarities between words okay. and letters, well, letters and words. Uh, even in terms of, even in terms of songs, like, so people may talk about full ring or half ring. It's like a, the, the smallest ring that I could hear each other play off. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you end up having the best of both worlds and that they, they do help to complement each other. Because, I mean, I, for one, I've been exposed to coding. I've, I've done the languages of C, C++. Um, I've actually looked at PHP and... Python briefly, because I think by that stage, I made up in my mind, okay, coding is not a love of mine. <laughs> and I'm just going to do some other things. Um, I would say coding is life, but not to say that you have to code, but coding is life in the sense that a lot of things in life that are great are not necessarily things that are easy. It is right? true. And if you, did, if you did C++, that means you should be able to code in any language. Um, C and C++ is no, I seriously, you could ask any anybody that can record and will tell you this. If you go code in C, which is, is that one of the hardest languages over there? Yes. I, so I've heard. Hardest. I, 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 I know it from using it. I have used many languages. I've used Python, Ruby, which, truthfully, if I didn't, if I wasn't so invested in JavaScript or if it wasn't so popular, I would have probably just ditched everything and just used Ruby. Okay. And I say so because Ruby does make you feel good when you code in it. I have never heard anybody say that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I've never or... heard somebody say something along the lines relating to coding that a particular language makes you feel good. Well, it might be just me, <laughs> but you know, the guy that, that created Ruby, mm-hmm. he did it, he was he created it so that coders would feel, have a good experience actually using it. Okay. As opposed to focusing just on the function, functionality of it, you know, like, it, it is feel it's gonna be exciting. That when they when they started using it, that was one of the first things they ever felt that way. And they couldn't they couldn't really explain it one day with just using it and it just felt just happy. All right. Well, maybe maybe I one of these days may take a peek at it, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure if I if I will. That's cool, <laughs> but he was saying that it was more with, for him. It's more with experience about sitting down and coding, you know. And and he thought about that. And he did it. So like, maybe I don't know if other people feel that way, but it definitely was like that for me. Okay. Cool. So I, I really like, though, that what you would have said earlier in terms of all of this helping to come together and the way how you think, because you seem like somebody that just totally thinks differently, thinks outside of the box. But I like also the fact that you mentioned 
you didn't say the word exactly, but you mentioned in terms of your mindset and being able to carry on that battle with yourself. You know, you were boxing with yourself, but whenever the negativity came up, you you took a swung you swung at it in terms of finding something positive to keep you to keep you grounded. And I think that that is a really cool thing that we all need to focus on. We need to find the things that we do love, continue to build up those things that we love and keep pressing forward because life has its ups and downs. Life has its challenges. But like you also mentioned as well, you looked at the situation and you told yourself, okay, this is something that's temporary, you know? But to, to be honest, like, I, I, I give you the... the, the uh, some race version that had many times where it had a lot of tears in there, they had a lot of um, exercising, they had a lot of arguments with people that I, I know of family and friends included they had people what people call stubbornness on my right. part. I felt like my my destiny was not in working with other people. I met two okay. times where I would have not have been in a good place financially or whatever. But I did, I did feel like the bigger picture was me working for myself, me being more established as a minister, me teaching coding and this is, these, are, these are things that I still working on and whereas the, okay. the world kind of like demands that you got to do things now or soon or show progress and excellence like now or soon I, I don't want to look at the world like that I'll be, prefer to know that I try my best all the time and I learn as we go along and I think maybe because my mentality you know, my, my mindset is if I fall on 20 times to, to eventually get it and run properly I, I don't got a problem doing it and I try to look for the quick way to, to only follow more, so not to follow. But you see, I think that's so important because some of us want to get to that um, desired destination, that desired dream quickly. But I always liken things back to babies. Babies don't immediately come out of the womb and start running or start walking. They fall several times. And, you know, if we were babies and we didn't keep getting back up, then we would have never learned to walk. We would have never learned to run. Yeah. So I think I, I always liken things like that I, when things start I'm to really, seem a bit overwhelming. I'm really happy to see that you use that point because I, I for two reasons. I I always try to look at younger version of myself and see how I did stuff. This is actually what helped me a lot. I, I think that I made a, an exponential leap in terms of my recovery because it was in a much better place than it would have been like three years ago from like last year. But this year specifically, um, you know, being at home, not knowing what to do next in terms of the show, because the show seemed to be pretty, it, was, it, was, it showed a lot of potential to grow. And um, it seemed like to like the player shutting down was like a slap in my face from the universe, right? But right. I feel that like I constantly be tested to, to show, to prove that I really want to do something and to show me the importance of something we have in my life. Because there was a point where like I was two weeks away from a decent opening of business and when I look back at it now I don't think that I should have started that specific business right okay. it would have been good and helpful it been coding and all that stuff but I think that I, the energy I was putting into it and, and the reasons why I would have been doing it was purely about getting some money and doing financial stuff it was nothing to do really with me being actually happy Okay. And then around that time, I, I kind of have, you could say, man, to the low period based on stuff that was going on. Coming out of it, I look back and I was like, oh, shoot, look at that. Look how he could have ended up doing this thing and then end up being more miserable. But um, it's interesting. It's interesting. But I would say that to anybody, to add to what was, was talking about before, to anybody that going through a dark time, 
one of the things that I found helped me a lot is doing things. And this, this might seem really difficult because it may be very things that would make them feel down. We need, we need to do things that we know we want to do and be prepared to not do as well at them as we might think we would like to be like, like to do. Because when I was doing the online session from, I think it would have been the week of March 24. It was, it was the first time I really started doing my own session, but it was on like every other session. It was like, I could as well do mine. The first session was poor. It was, it, I was sweating all over the place. I was nervous. But I should say it was poor. It, it, it was like the opposite of what I intended it to be. Right. It didn't, it didn't have the, the following and stuff that you would have wanted. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that it was like one or two people in there. It was, I was feeling pretty bad. And then I was like, I had to catch myself. And then it got better. And then I went the next day, I rested. Then I went back on trying to see how to make it better. Then next week was better. And then next week was better. And so on forth, right? So it gradually got better as you continued working on it. Yeah. And it helped me to remember that you're not going to get better at anything if you don't try to, to do stuff. So when we are in our heads yeah. and we are saying, oh, shoot, I can't get this done and uh, stressing out about it, the best thing to do, and this is where people around you come in. You just need people to encourage you because when you gain your head and you don't feel you can get something done, it's hard to, to also be in your head and feel that you can train. It's so true. having a support group is important. Even if a person doesn't go to a psychologist, you know there are people that love you, that can tell you things, how to love and say, so you can be firm with you, but understand that even with your firmness, still needs to, still need to have love and support. You need them yeah. people in your life. And you don't need, even when you have that love and support, you got to be with people that are realistic and be honest with you. You don't want yes people either right. because yeah. if something is, if something is really not something that you should be doing, you still want somebody to be telling you upfront, look, stop it. Yeah. And the truth you is, I, I'm sure that it is, it cannot be easy. I will look back at like my ex and be like, I would say it had to be really difficult for her sometimes seeing me go through the stuff that I would go through. Right? But the thing is, everybody have their own, has their own journey. I, I was trying to think about how would I have dealt with myself if I was another person. And that's actually another way that helped me to, to heal. By thinking about okay. what I would say to somebody else in my situation. That allowed me to have that positive conversation with myself. So all that okay. stuff. And then me looking back at different things I would have established like, a few years before in terms of meditation. Because I think like 2012, I, I was... A bit sad about a relationship going away, and I decided that I had to focus on having, you know, sustainable happiness. Right? And I thought about all the things that I needed mm-hmm. to, to maintain that. It's interesting that I established that and things were going great, and then in 2015, it seemed to be all out the window. But they were still there, and I was able to draw from those things. I was able to draw from my experiences of basketball, starting out. And then having the commitment to be one of the best players on the Harrison College school team to eventually become the captain and uh, being on a junior national team. I had to draw a lot from those re- those moments right. where I would practice really hard or where I would write down notes on sticky stuff on sticky notes and hang up and put up in my house to remind me to re- rebound better, you know, box up better, you know, train on this day, take them all certain more shots on that day. So I had to really, really dig deep to get myself back on track. Because it was, it was at a point where it was like, you know what, I really should just stop rapping. Freestyle have become very frustrating. Like people give me words and I can flip it on even freestyle and be great. But sometimes to, to create stuff spontaneously from my head 
my thoughts were all over the place. And that is still a bit frustrating now, but I definitely have gotten better at it. That was very devastating for me because you need your mind or control your mind to freestyle. To be able to get your lyrics together. But I do like I do like that you would have had your your sticky notes on the wall and, and re- your reminders. I mean, for me, I I generally would do like a vision board or something like that. But I also would sometimes have little quotes or little things that I I think really help to keep me grounded and stuff like that. But like you said, it, it is a process. It is something that we need to continue to work at. And if it is something that we want, we have to be okay with you know, people not loving it as much as we do are are people not embracing it as much as we do initially. But if we really want it as bad as we say we do, we have to keep working and eventually it will get better. So as we get ready to wrap up the show, though, I want you to be able to tell people how would they be able to get in contact with you? Wait, to get in contact with me, you could check me on... Well, people can check me mostly on Instagram. It's Minister MC. That's my handle, so it's R-H-Y-M-I-N-I-S-T-E-R-M-C. So, okay. yeah, you could, you could contact me there also. It'll be on Twitter with the same handle. Facebook, I have a page with the same handle as well, but I mostly will be on Instagram. If you, if you message me there, I would get that before anywhere else. All right, so you heard it. You know how to get in contact with Right Minister. You can also check out his OMW as well. And, you know... I really want to thank you for taking the time to come out to encourage us, to let us know what it was like to be in a dark place, but still fighting that battle to be able to get back out and reminding us that every so often we still need to lean on those who are around us to encourage us and that nerves is fine. It's okay to be nervous, but still go ahead and do it anyway. So this is Karina Darnell. You know how to get in contact with me. You can find me on Instagram, Karina Darnell. On Facebook, it is I am Karina Darnell. And you know, you can check out my website, www.karinadarnell.com. So I look forward to having you again, joining me next Thursday. And you know, I always say, be sure to subscribe. And of course, tell your friends. Let's go.